All right. It's time. I don't know how long this is going to be. Um, I've had a lot of time to think about what happened. Eight. It's been about eight hours now since the 2023 Ryder Cup wrapped up. Uh, Europe wins 16.5 to 11.5. Uh, a lot of thoughts. The U.S. fails once again to win in Europe. It has now been, well, it's going to be 34 years the next time they tee it up in Europe and Ryder Cup. Obviously, 2025, Beth Page, 2027, Adair Manor in Ireland is the next time that, uh, that this will happen. Um, but let's take it all the way to the to the beginning of the Ryder Cup. And this is, this Friday morning foursome session is kind of, the antithesis and kind of the idea of what the U.S. has been in Europe for a very long time in these Ryder Cups. They come out in the morning session and lose 4-0. You just can't do it. It happened at Le Golf National, and the European dominance and foursomes in Europe has been astonishing over the last several uh, Ryder Cups in Europe. Like, they dominate. You just look at it right now. Rahm and Haddon, 4-3 and three over Scheffler and Burns. Hovland and Ober, uh, or I should just say Hovland and Ludwig, 4-3 and three over Homa and Harmon. Straka and Lowry, 2-1 and one over Fowler and Morikawa. McElroy, Fleetwood, 2-1 and one over Shoffley, Cantlay. So that right there, you can kind of get away with a 4-0 morning session, if you, or an 0-4 morning session, I should say. However, however, you have to find a way to recover in the afternoon. And the U.S. looked like they were doing that on Friday until they weren't. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about Friday afternoon. Uh, the U.S. had three leads on the back nine. And two of those leads were taken to the 18th hole. And um, they end up having three of four matches. Thomas and Spieth have the match against Hovland and Hatton. Same with Homa and Clark and McIntyre and Rose and then Scheffler, Kepka, Rom, Hoygaard. And Hovland and Rom made huge putts on 18 to tie those matches for Europe. But man, the U.S. had to get at least two wins there. So instead of a, a potential two and a half, one and a half session or a three to one session for the U.S., it ends up being a uh, two and a half to one and a half session for Europe. That's where it's like, come on, you have to do better than that. And that's pretty much where it ended. Because instead of you know looking at five uh, three going into five three or six two going into Saturday, it's six and a half to one and a half. And the U.S. zero matches one on Friday, and that's the first time in the history of the Ryder Cup that the U.S. has not won a match on an, an entire day with two sessions. That's astonishing. And I'll get into some of the player stuff later, and you know kind of where the future of this U.S. team is. But um, Europe came out flying. They came out flying. Um, props to them. Obviously, they played much, much, much better golf than the U.S. did all week. Uh, you go to Saturday morning, and the U.S. just gets off to such an uninspiring start. Like, instantly down in most of these matches right away. Uh, Thomas and Spieth lose 2-1 and one to McElroy and Fleetwood. Scheffler and Kepka just brutal. They lose 9-7, and seven, folks. 9 down. This match only lasts to the 11th hole to Hovland and Ludwig. Absolutely pathetic performance. I know that the rumor on the street, though, was that Scheffler and Kepka had no clue they were going to be playing in foursomes together. They just throw them out there. Just another example of Zach Johnson 
Zach Johnson, who nobody trusted going in. I think a lot of people just thought, hey, the U.S. talent can probably, you know, overcome some of the some of the uh, negative parts that come with Zach Johnson being the captain. It just didn't happen. Maybe it would work in the U.S., but not in Europe. I just don't understand any of that. I mean, in the U.S., their first match that they win comes with Homa and Harmon four and two over Straka and Lowry. Uh, and then Cantlay and Shoffley continue to be terrible this week. I didn't expect that. They lose 2-1 to Raman Hatton. I mean, I don't even know what you want me to say. But then the U.S. started to recover. The afternoon matches were big time for them. Uh, they go 3-1 in the afternoon. Burns and Morikawa 4-3 and over Hovland and Ludwig. Homa and Harmon 2-1 and over Fleetwood and Hoygaard. Uh, Cantlay just enormous stones on 16, 17, and 18. Cantlay was ridiculous. Uh, one-up win for him and Clark over Fitzpatrick and McElroy. And then Thomas and Smith lose again 3-2 and two to Rose McIntyre. If Thomas and Smith could get their act together there, that could have easily been a 4-0 U.S. session, and it would have been a little more doable going into singles. And going into this, I, I said, look, the U.S. has won 13 of 21 singles sessions since 1979. So they had a chance to pull off a miraculous comeback. They needed 8.5 points to retain the cup going into today. Uh, they needed 9 to win the cup. And they come up with uh, five and a half points. So, I mean, I, or actually, that, my number might be wrong there. Let me look. Hold on. Let's see. Half, one and a half, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, six. Okay, yeah, six. They got six points out of 12 in singles to lose 16 and a half, 11 and a half. Uh, singles matches, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, they tie Rom with a big-time putt on 18. Tough for Scotty, but he fought back after being down early. Morikawa loses 4-3 and three to Hovland. Cantlay 2-1 over Rose. Burns loses 3-1 and one to Rory. Homa 1-up over Fitzpatrick. Harmon loses 3-2 and two to Hatton. Kepka 3-2 and two win over Ludwig. JT 2-up win over Sepp Straka. Xander Shoffley 3-2 and two over Nikolai Hoygaard. Spieth ties with Lowry. Uh, Fleetwood 3-1 and one over Fowler. And then McIntyre 2-1 and one over Clark. Uh, so the U.S. falls 16 and a half to 11 and a half, and uh, 30 years it rolls on. It's going to be 34 the next time they go to Europe, like I said. Um, let's get into the players on both sides. Um, I think it's safe to say that the best player in this Ryder Cup overall was probably Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland went 3-1-1. One, and one. I'd say he was the best player in the entire Ryder Cup. Uh, John Rahm went 2-0-2, Roy McIlroy 4-1. Those are probably the three best players. Um, then I think you look at guys like Tommy Fleetwood, Max Homa, uh, Patrick Cantlay, you know, sort of, I guess. I don't know. Um, but let's get to the U.S. side. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about some of this stuff. Um, we'll start from the bottom. Ricky Fowler, 0-2-0. Ricky came in 3-7-5 in the Ryder Cup. I think a lot of people had their qualms. But, look, he's been playing some really good golf, but – Ricky in the Ryder Cup throughout his time has not been very good for the U.S. Uh, so 0-2-0 for him. Obviously rumors of a sickness going around the U.S. room. Either way, he fought with Fleetwood today. But overall, I think we're good on on Ricky in, in the Ryder Cup. Uh, unless he wins a couple majors and, you know, looks good. If he plays the President's Cup next year, looks good. I don't know. I think we're, I think we're good, though, on Ricky. Uh, I think that's pretty much over. With the Ryder Cup, three nine and five now, just did not play well. Uh, Sam Burns one two and zero. Oh. Burns looked better Saturday afternoon with Morikawa, and then in singles against Rory, he wasn't too bad. But he came out laid an egg with Scheffler and didn't set the tone. 
didn't work. Scotty Scheffler 0-2-2. Putter looked like he was back on Friday afternoon. He's making putts, and then it wasn't. And then he almost beats uh, Rom today. Comes up short. I thought Scotty obviously didn't have it. You need better out of the world number one if you're the U.S. They didn't get it. Uh, you move on. Xander Shoffley won 3 0. Yeah, that Xander was horrific. Uh, Xander Shoffley gave them essentially nothing. I, I know he beat Hoygaard today, but I think most of the U.S. players would have beat Hoygaard. He's a good player. He's just young, maybe not fully battle tested. Uh, but Xander Shoffley, a complete disappointment. One of the top, if not the top, U.S. disappointments, given the expectations going in with the way he putts and his last Ryder Cup. I know it's at this point, the Ryder Cup in U.S. and Europe might as well be a different event. Honestly, um, Colin Morikawa one three zero disappointing. Got smoked by Hovland. Would have expected him to put up a little bit more of a fight. He didn't. Got smoked. Uh, Morikawa got improved. Got to be better. Guys won two majors. He's got to be better. Spieth o two and two wasn't the most disappointing U.S. player, but probably the worst overall player. He should have beaten Lowry today and, and ended up tying. He obviously made some big putts down the stretch to get the tie. Um, but Spieth was horrific on Friday and Saturday. Like people look at JT's record of, of one, two and one and be like, geez, are you sure they should have brought JT? Yeah. JT's a guy who cares. This U S team clearly struggles with having enough guys that give a shit about this event. And JT didn't have his best stuff. His putting was pretty, pretty piss poor, but Think of him and foursomes with Spieth trying to pick him up Saturday morning. That's most of what we saw. So I think if they would have split JT and Spieth up, if Zach Johnson knew what he was doing at all and he would have split them up once, it might have helped them both. But uh, God forbid, right? Uh, Brooks Kapka won one and one. I'd say a little disappointing for Brooks. Obviously, should have won that Friday afternoon match with Scheffler. They got destroyed in historic fashion on Saturday morning. And then he beats... Um, Ludwig and singles today redeemed himself a little bit there, but overall a little disappointing from Brooks. Um, thought he struggled a little bit tee to green uh, in comparison to some of the other U.S. players. Um, yeah, let's see. What's next? What's next? Uh, Wyndham Clark, 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Awful. Awful. Putting, he was okay. Uh, around the greens, he was okay. Everything else was really bad for Wyndham Clark. Really bad. Uh, so that that's not great. You'd like to see better from him as a guy who won the U.S. Open this year. Patrick Cantlay, 2-2-0. One of the better U.S. players. Obviously played huge golf on uh, Saturday afternoon and then beating uh, Justin Rose on Sunday. But overall, a little disappointing. A lot of controversy there. I don't even want to get into that because it's such an annoying, weird story. But I do think... Patrick Cantlay thinking that they should be paid to play in the Ryder Cup and the way he went about it to be like, you know, a complete turnoff. I don't like that at all. Uh, Brian Harmon, 2-2-0, another disappointing effort. Uh, I thought Saturday he looked a little bit better. Friday was not good. It helped that Max Homa was in form with him when they played. That duo there went 2-1-0, and I believe. Um, that's where we get to Max Homa, the only American to play in all five sessions, 3-1-1, one, one, his Ryder Cup debut. He was one of the best players out there. He was the best player on the U.S. team by a wide margin. I'm very, very happy for Max. Obviously, you know, 
I talk about him all the time. He's my favorite player. I'm very stoked to see that he played this well as a rookie in the Ryder Cup. But he's another guy who gives a shit. Him and JT might be the only ones that you can really tell. These guys care. These guys want to be here. These guys are the closest to what the U.S. needs in terms of the way European players are and how much they care about it. Homa and Thomas are a great representation of that. And that's very important. And I think it matters more than ever. Because the U.S. has got to make some freaking changes. they got to do some different things. I know they've tried to do different things, but they have to change things up. As for the European side, I'm not going to get too much into this. Um, I thought McElroy was great. I thought Hatton was great. I thought Hovland, Fleetwood, Rom were all great. I thought Justin Rose, who won the Nicholas Jacklin Award, was the best putter all week. Um, you know, I thought Fitzpatrick, you know, was okay. One, two, and zero overall. He's now one seven and zero in the Ryder Cup, but he was he went nuclear on Friday afternoon to win. Uh, I thought Hoygaard showed some stones in certain spots. Not great overall. I thought Ludwig was pretty good. Um, so that's off to Europe. 16 and a half, 11 and a half. Um, but yeah, the U.S. MVP clearly, clearly is Max Homa. For the European side, I think their MVP is probably Victor Hovland, but their most clutch player that is that guy, it was John Rahm. Um, he was filthy on Friday, just ridiculous. Three hole outs, three chip ins on Friday. Pretty insane stuff there. Uh, but let's talk about the, the direction of the U.S. I don't think Zach Johnson should ever be involved with another Ryder Cup. I think the U.S. needs a complete overhaul of their leadership and their approach. The fact that only two players in the U.S. team played in an event from the minute the Tour Championship ended at the end of August to this event at the end of September, that's one month. Two guys played in an event. How do you expect to be informed? And then you don't have all 12 guys going to scout the week, a couple weeks before. It's insane. I get that Spieth just had a baby. Congrats to him. He's excused. But where the hell are Xander and Cantlay? Where the hell are those guys? Literally insane. Uh, the U.S. needs more players that give a shit about this event. It's that simple. They need that. They need a better captain. I think the next captain is probably going to be you know Stuart Sink in 2025 at this point. But they need to overhaul the system, man. The leadership from Europe this week was so much better. Like Luke Donald ran absolute laps, laps around Zach Johnson. And Eduardo Molinari, from all, all, by all accounts, was great behind the scenes as a vice captain for Europe. While Fred Couples just continues to just like, what do you even, why, Fred Couples should not be speaking publicly about this team. I don't get it. I don't get it. The U.S. needs to overhaul this thing. They're going to be coming up on 34 years since last winning in Europe. It's pathetic. It's an absolute joke. They've got to overhaul this thing. Uh, but let's have a little fun here real quick. Let's have a little fun before I finish this because I don't even want to talk anymore about this. It's just so frustrating. The U.S. team in 2020 uh, – the U.S. team – in 2025, what are they going to look like? Because if you think about players on this team that I think will be on the team in 2025, Scotty Scheffler, yes. Xander and Cantlay, you know, probably yes. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, Morikawa, yes. Homa, yes. That's five. 
Wyndham Clark, no. Ricky Fowler, no. Brian Harmon, no. Sam Burns, I'm going to say no. Spieth and JT, I think in 2025, they'll still be on team. So that's seven. Uh, Brooks Kepka, I'm going to say no. All right, so that's five guys that I just counted right there that I don't think will be on the team next time in 2025 at Beth Page. Clark, Fowler, Harmon, Burns, Kepka. So where do you fill those spots in? I think you're going to see Cameron Young make that leap by then. I think you're going to see Will Zalatoris back in form. So that's two spots right there. Um, I think that you'll see Keegan Bradley finally play his way onto a team. So that's three. Uh, I'm going to say Sahith Thigala makes the leap and he gets on the team. So that leaves me one spot. One spot. And I'm going to go youth movement. I'm going to say Gordon Sargent, the young hitter, who's only going to be like 23 by then, is going to be the Ludwig type uh, young player on the U.S. team. So that's a complete overhaul of what the team could look like. Scheffler, Cantlay, Shoffley, Homa, Spieth, Thomas, Morikawa, Young, Zalatoris, Bradley, Thigala, Sargent. That's a complete overall of the team, and I'd be very curious to see if they how it looks in 2025, and you know what the team does in 2025. But I'll tell you this: they gotta they gotta win in 2025, which I think they will, and they have got to figure out how to win in Europe. 2027. Overall, the system. There's a lot that needs to be done because some of the shit that came out this week was an absolute disgrace. So they got to figure it out. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I don't regret taking seven pages of notes for this event. It's my favorite event. The drama is always phenomenal. Uh, the Joe LaCava Rory thing was was really something. But uh, overall, thanks for listening. And uh, who knows what happens next with this Substack? stack. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be writing next, but I'm sure there will be something up soon. Uh, thanks for listening.